0: Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, my man, how's it going today?
1: It's going well. Busy, 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 getting into the holiday season and uh, hoping to get a lot more games in here soon, but we got a cool episode today.
0: It is the most wonderful time of the year, and today we are highlighting passive legend abilities. And really, we're going to be talking about the best passives in the game, which is something that Henry and I have had circle in the calendar for a while now and something we've wanted to talk about. So it's exciting that it's finally here and gave us a chance to write about some of our favorite legends, uh, which I think is going to be really fun. Before we kind of cover that, though, and dive into news, if you want a question, answer it on the show, leave it in the form of a five-star review in Apple Podcasts, and we'll make sure it makes it onto one of the upcoming episodes.
1: If you enjoy a third-party podcast and want even more now is a better time than ever to give yourself a gift and us by supporting us on patreon you can get a whole lot of stuff over there ad-free listening exclusive merchandise gaming sessions with us the list goes on and on and on we're sending out a bunch of posters Mm -hmm. right now and signed replica weapons um it'd be great to have your support over there it really would uh make our year so we appreciate you
0: appreciate that appreciate the love over there let's dive into the news First piece of news the Black Friday sale is officially live. Deals will be running until next Tuesday. Check it out for some super fun skins that come around each and every Black Friday. A couple new ones as well. And just some crazy deals on Apex packs that we were talking about. Might uh, steal your money away, HB, which that's a big deal for anyone that doesn't know. We just got the DJ Gibby skin and now we might be getting some yeah. Apex packs.
1: <laughs> I don't, don't nobody holds your breath on me getting 100 Apex packs, but. If you are gunning for an heirloom, not a bad Now's time. The time. Mm-hmm. It, honestly, not a bad time.
0: It, it truly, it truly is. And we're, Henry and I aren't big spenders in Apex, but uh, yeah, if you're going to go buy 150 Apex packs, you're never going to get a better <laughs> deal than right now, essentially. So yeah. be on the lookout. Uh, next piece of news, though, we got a couple updates on Pickrate that we just wanted to talk about. And first and foremost, Octane back on top. Really exciting, for better or for worse. But it's it's he's back. Talk about what's happened with Ash though recently.
1: Yeah, so Ash has fallen faster than Seer did um, mm-hmm. when he released. So over the last seventeen days, Ash peaked out at twenty point nine six percent and dropped down to today being eleven point six four percent. Seer only peaked at twenty point four seven percent, so slightly less mm-hmm. than Ash but then fell down 8% to 12.48. So really the sum up here is that Ash peaked slightly higher, but fell faster without any nerf compared to Seer. So Ash has fallen 9.3% in the same period as Seer did.
0: I'm just hoping that she avoids that basement fall, though, that Sears had yeah. and comes down all the way to that 2% mark. You know, like I, Where do you think she ends up in the grand scheme of things? Because she could drop by another 5%. It would still be mm-hmm. one of the upper-tier legends. So I, I, there's room still, but obviously it's not trending in the correct direction.
1: Yeah, I, I think that there's a couple things at play. The first thing that's important to mention is that Seer may have slowed down a little less because he was so, so powerful and everybody was anticipating the nerf. So it could Mm -hmm. have held on to more players for longer just for that reason. So it isn't necessarily that Ash is a a worse legend Mm -hmm, when you're comparing mm -hmm. to Seer. But I see two potential routes going for the future of Ash and her popularity. First one is she's mobility. Some people say that she competes with Octane. Mm -hmm. That is a really good sign. I could definitely see her settling in there with um, Horizon, Valkyrie, Bangalore. Just like you said, falling about five points. Mm -hmm. That would be really good. The other situation, which I worry about, is her following a trend of Revenant. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that I think that that could happen is the duration of her ultimate. Just like Revenant, she requires a high degree of team communication and coordination. Yep. And I feel like 15 seconds in order to execute her most powerful ability is just too tight of a window for people to stick with her on the long haul. So I, I hope not, but I think the passive being kind of a puzzle for most players and the ultimate having mm-hmm. to be really highly coordinated and then the tactical being a little bit hard to use in this kind of anti-gravity straight line She might be in trouble, honestly.
0: I could definitely see that happening. I'm going to hope that the mobility reigns somewhat supreme. And I'm also quite interested because she's not getting this hot nerf that Seer got. Mm -hmm. Does she get any adjustment at the halfway point of the season in that patch? And then does that slow or rise anything any bit more? Like, How do they feel about her on the dev side? At the halfway point, because I think that's something interesting to monitor as well, because as much as we talk about, you know, pick rate, a lot of it we say is influenced by what kind of the pros and some of those really vocal players out there are saying. And there's not bad press out there for Valk. I wouldn't say there's like extremely good press out there for her either. So she's going to be a really cool case study to look back on in the future. And so I'm excited to monitor her and look into the future as well. Next piece of news, though, the first major competition of season 11, the patch for season 11, went down over the weekend for the pros. So we got a little North America breakdown here of what the legends were being played by the pros. So we got Gibraltar staying on top with a 97.4% pick rate. Your boy, Gibby, let's go. Valk flies. Yep, yep, yep. Valk flies in the second at 62.3%. Wraith comes back to take another chunk at 37.7%. Caustic and Octane take some hits. Caustic drops down to 21.1%, and Octane all the way to 3.5%. Ash makes a splash, landing in at 27.2%, and Crypto sees a little bump from 9.2% to 15.8%. Those are some interesting shakeups to look at there. And I got to say, the number one takeaway from that we've never had a legend, a new legend, enter. ALGS comp play as fast as Ash has. And that's a good sign if we're talking about that previous conversation we just had of her continuing to stay or be in that upper tier going into the future if she's getting some love from these pros this quickly.
1: Truly and honestly, no no idea why. Like I interesting as heck, yeah. Really, really weird. Like we've seen very powerful kits come onto the scene and completely Mm -hmm. be ignored. On the competitive Apex side, we've seen balancing changes that completely disrupt the meta, but are ignored in the pro scene. And so to Mm -hmm. see something like this take up almost a third of the pick rates, that's crazy. And It's wild. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what to make of it. It could be a complete change in the mentality and the shift of competition in the Mm -hmm. Apex scene. It could also just be a a fact that Ash is unlike anything we've ever seen before. I'm not sure. It's really a head scratcher. It's a first.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, what it signaled is pros have always preached this idea of what we talked about last week invincibility is a lot of power. Like that's why Wraith has stayed true. And so, this portal in and of itself with Ash, maybe that's just really valued by the pros, the invincibility movement, whatever and however they can get it. Because the number one comp was Ash with Wraith. So they just doubled yeah. down on it. So that's, it's really interesting. I could also see this totally being something like it. She drops like in the next competition, like this was kind of maybe a one-time thing and maybe people didn't like it. Um, Neither you or I had the time this weekend to like watch it in depth and get a full breakdown. So I'm interested to kind of, you know, we'll follow like Liquid Hodsick and stuff and kind of see some of his thoughts and see what some of the pros are saying in terms of breakdown. Anything else on this pick rate front you want to cover, though? There's some interesting other little changes in there.
1: I I'm just glad that it seems like what we've been saying for years now pretty much falls in line with what the pros are using. In terms mm-hmm. of plane rotation, plane positioning, Valk is incredible. Gibraltar mm-hmm. is incredible. I'm so glad that everybody's on the same page on that. It's really, <laughs> really good to see. Mm-hmm. The caustic and the crypto stuff, still a little bit weird.
0: Like The octane dip is really weird as well. Like, interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, essentially, it's ash replacing octane for a lot of yeah. people, you know?
1: Yeah things are still way, way up in the air, honestly. For sure. Like, there's nothing too definitive. It's nice to see, I think, that Octane is back in the number one spot in terms of public popularity. Launchpad is still incredibly popular, despite what some people think. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can't get silent padded on, but in terms of speed and mobility, it's still the best. It really is. I, I don't know if it's up to debate anymore. Some people are undecided, but... The facts are the facts. Octane
0: octane is good. Octane is very good. Uh, it's going to be really cool to see what continues to happen into the future. So uh, if you're interested in that, that's a little update. Some of the other big news, though, to come out of the Apex esports scene over the weekend uh, is that one of the staples of the scene, a member of TSM, Snipedown, he's stepping away from the competitive Apex scene to return to the dude's roots and play in competitive Halo Infinite again for Team Phase. And i am just got to say that, man, that... Snipes going to be truly missed in this community. He is an awesome guy. I always loved watching that controller demon go. Like he is the kind of that staple for the controller players. I feel like in terms of popularity, he's been a pro in Halo for a long time makes sense. He's going back to his roots, but to see him kind of just switch up to Apex and dominate was really awesome. It was a really emotional last stream. If anyone was watching, uh, I got to say the Apex community just comes through, shows how passionate we all are and how supportive everybody is. Uh, after the competition, he tweeted emotional doesn't even begin to describe it, but I'm very thankful of everything I've been a part of. Happy to have ended with second place and get some much needed points for the squad. Love these guys to death. Thank you so much for the support. Man, it's going to be sad missing Snipe. I know you're not like fully, fully like engrossed in like following that TSM Snipe Down story, but uh, how's it? How do you think about it from your perspective still?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a big deal. Um, And we had kind of speculated would it even be possible to compete in yeah. two games? And what would be the, It was rumored
0: for a little bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What would be the fallout? What would be gained and lost in that? Honestly, I think we're both optimistic for professional halo you know and Mm -hmm. truthfully if we think about classic esports halo is just so much better suited than a game like apex it's even though we're huge Mm -hmm. fans of the game honestly apex is a really hard game to go pro in and to stick your livelihood on it hard yeah really tough so i definitely don't have any ill will towards the guy and we only wish him the best
0: yeah, to- totally well said. No ill will coming across at all. I mean, if I grew up, got my entire name off of a game, and then the latest version was announced 10 to 15 years later, I'd probably go back to it as well and try and compete because he's a demon at Halo. He's an absolute demon. But on top of that, in terms of Apex news, stay tuned for who replaces him on TSM. That's a very, very uh popular spot, to say the least, on that squad with Hal. Um, I think there's some rumors floating around, but nothing yet has been officially announced. So that'll probably be on the show in the next week or so, and we'll be able to talk about it. That wraps up the news, though, for the day. Let's do it. Let's dive into the passives and talking about the best ones that have ever hit Apex Legends.
1: That's right. So passive abilities are the juiciest because without a cooldown, balancing them is much harder than it is for tacticals or ultimates passive abilities for the most part don't have any cooldown and are active all the time without a cost. Now, I think passives are often overlooked because you typically don't trigger them intentionally. So when you're mastering a legend, you practice the technical skill of the tactical and the ultimate use because they pack a larger punch and are less forgiving with their cooldowns. So you're you really have to focus on them and master them mm-hmm. while the passive is, well, passive. This being said, passives are incredibly impactful. One could say that passives impact arenas more than anything else, even weapons, since they exist above the buy system entirely. Today, we'll be breaking down what we believe to be the top five passives in the game, and honestly, probably the top five best legends in arenas. Mm -hmm. That might be a bit of a stretch because we're looking at these legends' abilities in as much isolation as possible, just the passives. But let's look at the criteria. So Mm -hmm. first and foremost, survey beacons are out of bounds. They're great but not included in our chat today. Mm -hmm. They're they're too, they're overpowered. We can't talk about them today. Um, And the passive must be a standalone ability and have application in most situations. Mm -hmm. Caustic and crypto don't have significant enough passives since it's linked directly to their tacticals. Mirage's passive to cloak while reviving and respawning is also far too niche to be weighed against more passive abilities that happen throughout the game. Mm -hmm. An extremely powerful passive um, also can't be supportive to another ability. Mm -hmm. Horizon's soft landing passive has a few applications outside of using the tactical, but it maximizes its power in tandem with the use of the tactical. Mm -hmm. And then finally, some passives expire in their power throughout the game, or require a certain input outside of a legend's control, Loba's passive is really strong and useful while looting mostly in the early game and then is the niche application identifying supply drop weapons later on to some degree. Ash's passive, while very powerful, requires a certain situation to unravel in order to be at all useful, plus it has zero value in arenas.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's a good breakdown of like what we're essentially looking for. And not to say that the passives on our list don't synergize with other abilities at all. Like, you know, for, I'm not going to spoil this on the list. I'm not going to spoil this on the list. I am not going to spoil us on the list i will not give it away. But there is obviously going to be some interaction, but you would still take something away, and you'll still have power with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you take away Cossack's gas, that passive, not as helpful to say the least.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're looking for something specific, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just kind of fun for us to be able to focus in on an aspect of Legends kit that is very often overlooked and I think undervalued. And by looking at these top mm-hmm. five passives, I think. We're all going to grow a larger appreciation for passive abilities because mm-hmm. they're really fun. And more and more, we're seeing new legends come onto the scene that have a substantial amount of power locked mm-hmm. into the passive slot.
0: I know people freak out when the new legends released, looking at the tacticals and the ultimates. Mm-hmm. Henry and I still, that's the first thing we go look at pretty much is the passive to see how it stacks up, especially with some of our legends recently. Getting a lot of passives all in one passive. It's it's a pretty crazy development we have when we start to compare some of the new legends with the old ones in that way as well. But we don't that's a different discussion for another day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Um, but let's kick it off. Um get us going with your boy. Mm -hmm. My Mm -hmm. boy, Gibraltar. Now, Gibraltar's passive is one of, if not the most controversial passive ability throughout the ages of Apex Legends. Gibraltar's gun shield provides an energy shield that blocks damage to his upper body up to 50 damage while he's aiming down sights. Mm -hmm. And the passive actually has a nine second cooldown if it's broken. Now, this passive is unique because it actually adds something to the in-game character model. Mm -hmm. And, And it has the fixed amount of health at 50, and that regenerates over time. Now, over time, the gun shield has been reduced in its hit points and has been nerfed. In Season 4, the gun shield went down from 75 hit points to 50, so pretty drastic change. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: in Season 8, there was another nerf that allowed for gun shield damage to bleed through, so kind of countering Mm -hmm. it absorbing an entire Kraber shot. And then also the damage dealt to a gun shield counted towards evil armor
0: thank goodness that was which like my love. number one thing playing against Gibraltar. i'm like i'm going through all this work i gotta get rewarded in some way yes <laughs> now you
1: do which is great but mm-hmm. despite these nerfs this passive is still one of the strongest because it's so applicable to gunfights mm-hmm. sniper check bubble fights check Urban fights, check. Early game to late game, check, check. It does it all, and I think that's really what's going to set a lot of these passives apart from the rest of the pack. It's just if you can use it all the time and it gives you value in the gunfights, that's huge, and it's going to be strong.
0: How do you respond to the people that talk about Gibraltar's hitbox and that yeah. it kind of requires him to have this passive to give him a chance? Like, you've played him forever. Is that how you feel? Is it true? I mean, yeah. walk me through that.
1: It's a really good question because I'm a it's Gibraltar One we main. asked
0: for a long time. Yeah. And like with the hitbox to, changes and stuff, yeah.
1: <laughs> honestly, it, it's a hard question because we've just thought about it so much, and stories have changed, and design decisions have changed. Yes. And so, mm-hmm. the truth isn't really black and white on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think to cut to the chase, yes, the gun shield gives Gibraltar a tactical advantage. Is it a balancing tool for the large hitbox? No. Does Gibraltar need something else to account for it on top of Fortified? Probably not, given mm-hmm. its current state. But for those of you that don't know, Gibraltar is actually very, very large. If we think Big about boy. it in mm-hmm. <laughs> square centimeters, Gibraltar's hitbox is 79 square centimeters or 12 and a quarter square inches. Compare that to another legend like Bloodhound who has a hitbox of 37 square centimeters or 5.75 square inches. So just over twice the size no big uh, deal. of other <laughs> legends. Um, very, very large. Um, and Caustic is not far behind, but the idea of thinking that the gun shield is a necessary thing in order mm-hmm. to just give Gibraltar any chance at all I do not think is true. I think that Gibraltar still is very exposed um, when attacked from the sides or behind or above, or even just out of surprise, out of the blue without activating the gun shield. Mm -hmm. But when you're consciously using this passive, it gives you a very, very strong advantage.
0: I think you nailed it by saying like you mentioned quickly, but just to reinforce fortified is the balancing tool for the hitbox. Not so yeah. much the passive per se, which I think is a really important concept to get for people diving into yeah. this deep in the apex with us.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if Gibraltar can aim down sights, can see the enemy that's shooting at him mm-hmm. and block damage while dealing damage, it's a massive advantage. Yep. If it's just blocking shots, mm, it's not huge just because, like you said, He's easy to hit because of the hitbox. So really, the gun shield is an advantage if you use it to its fullest. It isn't really an easy way to get out of situations. But when you're up close, if you can really buckle down, use this passive, you're going to be winning a lot more gunfights than mm-hmm. you would have otherwise. But it's also important to remember that there is a tradeoff here. You can't Mm -hmm. be using the passive and slide canceling, jumping, moving around like normal. But if you can kind of crouch spam, ADS, focus on your accuracy, you're going to maximize this ability and it's going to be a game changer for you.
0: If you play into this one, it can be really intimidating to go up against, to say the least, as an opposing player. Like when you get into that head-on fight with a Gibraltar and they are perfectly crouched behind that gun shield, you have to make up for a lot of damage that you otherwise yeah. would not have. And that's a hard thing to do in fights. Let's do it. Let's keep moving, though. We got number two on the list, and we're already moving away from what a passive what we thought it would be when we're talking about Valkyrie. And this is going to be a fun one to discuss because she's a different concept of a passive, to say the least. And I think it's interesting. For the majority of people that truly play Apex Legends, mobility is power. It's shown in pick rate. It's shown in uh, when we got the brief discussion about win rate a long time ago. But we don't. We can table that conversation. But truly, mobility is power and key to success. And while I do think there's a lot of truth in that statement, we can also say though with 100 confidence, mobility equals fun. So mobility might equal power, but mobility definitely equals fun, and that equals popularity. And so what we got with Valk, we got the passive VTOL jets. So quick description you press that jump key while in the air to engage the jetpacks you can switch between hold and toggle options in the menu on however you want to operate it to the best of your ability this is truly the king ability of in-fight repositioning that's currently out there other movement abilities like pathfinders grapple offer some benefits like speed longer range aggressiveness but the frequency in which you can use the VTOL Jets in comparison to an ability like the Grapple is just immense. On top of that, when we start comparing passives to tacticals, I think we know that we got a pretty dang strong passive on our hands when we feel like, hey, this passive can accomplish a part of what somebody else's entire kit is built around, and that's kind of crazy in of itself. For a little breakdown of the VTOL Jets, so you activate them and whenever you whenever you press that button whether you got it on toggle or hold you're going to consume 12.5% of your fuel your max duration is 7 seconds in which you can fly your fuel refills after 8 seconds after the last usage and takes 10 seconds to refill from empty and we say that to make the point that essentially you have an 18 second max cooldown on a passive which is pretty fast when we compare it to some of the tacticals, essentially, in the game. It is kind of funny that we're talking about passives, and our first two do have cooldowns related to them. I promise we'll get away away from that. <laughs> but it is what it is. I will say, though, this passive is freaking awesome. It's super powerful. It synergizes with the rest of her kit so well you can preserve fuel by holding the tactical and hovering, for example, but it still just stands on its own, and that's what's awesome. You can go through quick repositioning tool with this, move from in fight to fight, and jump around from the ground to the roof, from roof to roof. You can keep your high ground advantage with Valk throughout your fights, and that's just a special ability in and of itself. Um, I'll just throw in, though, while we're talking about this passive, we're giving some tips out long flights during combat leave you pretty vulnerable you're loud you're slow can't be recommended as a consistent tool but yeah this is a great passive it would be strong as a tactical and that's how i think we know we got a really dang good passive on our hand how about give me some thoughts on the vtol jets before i go on to her other passives
1: (laughs) so i think valk's passive and i think we're agreed on this is the strongest passive in the game no contest whatsoever it has strengths that are unparalleled and the fact that you can achieve such incredible vertical mobility that other legends have to spend a tactical or even an ultimate to achieve Mm -hmm. makes her the best at almost anything if you think about early game looting valk is the best looter She's not going to be climbing. She's able to get to supply bins, to ground loop mm-hmm. faster than anybody else, faster than Octane, faster than Loba. Like that, just ability to for free get over obstacles is very, very strong in the early game. Mm-hmm. And then, if you think about the late game or even arenas, you're just able to get better positioning for free. And mm-hmm. like you said, Jay, this idea of the long, uh, you know, jetpack rides probably not advisable. You can do it. There's definitely situations where you should, but the Mm -hmm. strength here is the ability to burst. And that's where no other legend can keep up at all. You can't Mm -hmm. be in East or West fragment bouncing from floor to floor, building to building with Octane or Pathfinder Mm -hmm. or Loba or Ash. You can't. Mm Vout can. And that is an incredible benefit. It's, It's the best passive, no doubt.
0: It's so awesome. And I, I do think it's important to know, you nailed it there, kind of talking about and further reinforcing. It's a repositioning tool. Don't mm-hmm. think about it as like, when we talk mobility, some of our mobility legends are a getaway. Like Pathfinder is an yeah. incredibly strong getaway legend or a long push legend. That's not what Valk is, but that's not a bad thing. She's just really strong at what you're actually going to be doing more often than other that essential movement in of itself. So being able to reposition in fights is crazy. I think when we first got her introduced to the game, I said that this is like what the old Pathfinder zipline or grapple was used to be used as in combat where you would just like, hey, I'm real quick gonna grab a roof and skull town, and now I'm gonna fly like jump down on somebody, and I'm gonna grapple back up. You can essentially do that all the time with Valk and it's it's really dang powerful. She also has some other passives. We're not talking beacon today as we mentioned, but she has the jet fighter HUD. I think it's a nice skydiving recon tool mid game you get to rotate with your balloons or her ult essentially now because you don't really get this option on storm point and it's nice to know hey if i'm landing somewhere if there's are going to be enemies or not hey we're rotating through this area do we need to meet enemies in a certain direction it's just nice recon we really do value recon and early game really nice to find uncontested drops and track teams how, how much value do you think you get out of this one
1: you get a solid amount of value out of it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely better than nothing. And we think when we think about legends and what they're defined as, like we did a couple episodes back in our Tacticals versus Ultimates episode, Valk stands, you know, alone mm-hmm. with Lifeline and a legend defined by their passive. So much value packed into here that you cannot overlook it. And to think about the fact that she also has an incredible tactical and an incredible ultimate on top of having three passives. Yeah, she, this is a this is a slept on ability here that should definitely be rising to the top. We're happy where she is, mm-hmm. but if you aren't giving Valk a chance, you should because she's, she's broken right now mm-hmm. and very very fun.
0: Yeah. Don't yeah.
1: don't forget it.
0: No doubt. She's the complete package and just out of her passive. She's the complete package, and that's crazy. And so asking the question, like, why do passives matter? She's a prime example of that, as is Gibraltar, where so much power and strength is built into this part of their kit that you take this away, you're not working with the same legend anymore. And that's a huge reason why this passive truly matters to defining who Valk is.
1: Yeah, when you think about Abilities that can win you a gunfight or win you a game. Both Gibraltar and Valk have those types of abilities. And the fact that they're packed into the passive just allows you to really consider choosing them based off of how easy it is to unlock that power. If you know that it's there and you use it, it can outperform almost any other tactical in the game. Speaking Mm -hmm. for both Gibraltar and Valk there. Passives are no joke and mm-hmm. can win you games. So it should really be more of a deciding factor in who you're gonna play and who your main is um, when everything's all said and done.
0: For sure. Before we get into the rest of the legends, here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. We're just gonna keep it rolling. Let's go right into Lifeline, because we got passives on passives to talk about today. We're talking about the combat revive. This is just such an interesting passive. You know, it's one that has undergone a ton of change over the years. It's settled, though, and I'll say myself, I don't know if you think differently, but I don't think it's going to be changing anytime soon. And it's in a pretty good state and pretty powerful right now. So now, yep, thank you. Now we have to talk about it a lot. And I think there's an argument to be made about the fact that if you have to be on the back foot with teammates knocked to get utility out of your ability, is that a liability? And is that powerful? It's a tough conversation. I think it's a little yes and no answer. You know, of course, nobody wants to get knocked. You know, you don't want to go down. In an ideal world, you and your teammates would fly all the way to victory without ever getting downed. Unfortunately, though, in a BR like Apex with so many variables and really talented players in every lobby, that's not going to happen and players get downed all the time. Lifeline is, I think, the best and one of the only legend in the game that when two of your teammates go down, you actually still have a fighting chance. And we'll talk about it in an arena specifically as well, but it just reigns true. So the passive in of itself, for anyone that's maybe new to the game, you deploy your dock drone, revive teammates, leaving lifeline still free to defend. So this ability allows a lifeline to do two key things in my opinion. One, keep shooting and defend teammates while reviving. And two, revive two teammates effectively at the same time. It's not great that your teammates have to die going to hammer this point home like we are recognizing that people bring it up all the time it's one of your favorite points to make Henry and it's justifiably so like it's it's a big deal (laughs) but there is power in that when an enemy knocks your teammate they are essentially forced to push you because you are lifeline I'll personally say I have found myself in situations where I unload a mag and knock somebody I hear that lifeline res because of and then just because of this haste I'm in I have to get there as fast as possible. I don't want that person to get up. I swapped my other gun and I push. That puts the lifeline at an advantage of most likely having two loaded weapons versus my one. And that's powerful in of itself. And I think it's important that, well, that can be counted easily. Stay together as a team. We'll recommend it to everyone. Push together and you're going to dominate every fight. That's going to solve a lot of issues in Apex and is easier said than done. And is the main reason we don't have Rev Ash metas like we've kind of talked about everywhere (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Uh, this passive from lifeline is able to flip the script in that situation where you're in where shay's up against an enemy he knocks them he probably took damage he probably hasn't Mm -hmm. reloaded now lifeline is taking that disadvantage and forcing shay into a situation that he doesn't want to be into where Mm -hmm. lifeline is probably rezzing behind cover full health Two weapons, and you have to make a play. You can't do mm-hmm. nothing, or you're going to be fully reset. And Your advantage is gone. Mm-hmm. You lost it. So mm-hmm. even if this passive forces both teams to just reset, wow, that's an incredible situation. Because without this passive, you lost. You were. I'll down take free three resets
0: out of a loss. Yeah, that, that's really free
1: reset, good. Reset, if not an advantage, mm-hmm. huge passive ability for free.
0: Let's talk about the revive time comparison for this case study of two teammates going down. You get two teammates super quickly knocked. Say you're all together, so we're pretty close by. So Lifeline, for example, you start your revive with the dock drone on a teammate. Six-second timer starts on that revive. Say it's second takes to travel to the other teammate. Another six-second revive starts happening. So from the knock of both teammates, you're up in about seven-ish seconds. Let's compare that to our speedy reser, Gibraltar. Bubble goes down on two down teammates, first res starts, that's four seconds to get done. Say there's a second gap to get the other teammates, travel time, animation, another four second revive, both teammates are up in approximately nine-ish seconds. Any other legend in the game, a six second revive, one second travel time, six second revive, 13 seconds to have both teammates up compared to lifelines, seven And I wanted to point that out for a few reasons. One to give our boy Gibby some more love because sweet tactical, great recovery tool. One of the reasons he's one of our favorite legends in the game, but also just to further reinforce lifeline is able to, like you said, flip the script, turn the tables in such a sticky situation and make something that was unwinnable, winnable to be able to say in seven seconds, I can have my team back. There's a lot of pushes that are going to take you more than seven seconds to get to your teammates. And it's a pretty tough situation to be in, but one that will let you potentially recover and that's powerful. And I got to say, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but it's just incredible in arenas and it's for myself, lifelines must pick in arenas. And I know a lot of people feel the same way and the ability to in that lane, centralized combat, continue to shoot while reviving but also on top of it, the guarantee of a gold bag, that's just where the power comes through with Lifeline's passive in that way. She shines in arenas right now, but I don't want to take away credit from her ability in BR to flip the script.
1: I think that even though we've already acknowledged the fact that this is a recovery passive, mm-hmm. yes, you have to be in a bad situation in order to unlock value from it. If we remember that this is a gun-based game, the most important thing is that you and your teammates have your guns shooting. (laughs) There is no other legend that can get your teammates back up and running faster Mm -hmm. than lifeline. So if you think about it in that way, lifeline is the best at maximizing the base of fire of your Mm -hmm. team. That's just true. And she's really, really good at it. So if you either don't play lifeline for that reason that you don't want to support, you don't want to plan for the worst. If you want to unlock the power of having more bullets going towards the enemy than going Mm -hmm. at you, lifeline does that, and really nobody's even close. So it's not a bad kit to have locked into a passive.
0: It's a team game. When you got three teammates, nothing wrong with throwing a lifeline on your squad to support everybody else. And then we'll throw in, you do get the loot bin passive for some extra loot i don't want to put much process into it and say hey this is a huge part of her kit it's a nice thing that'll occasionally help you out and i think uh get those mini heals and such when need be um but not something i ever go into the game being like hey i'm hyped to have this lifeline passive opening blue supply bins
1: (laughs) yeah you take what you get you know combat revive very very good much better than the
0: supply bins. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) One of the best passive in the game.
0: No doubt. Let's keep it rolling. Next
1: up. Bangalore. Double time is likely the most powerful underrated passive, which is rarely discussed or even given Mm -hmm. enough credit. In our opinion, Bangalore is known for her smoke. And honestly, we recommend Bangalore because her kit is so approachable. It's Mm user-friendly point and shoot the smoke toss a flare for an airstrike and then the passive well it just works its own magic you know it's very easy to learn and to get a lot of value out of Bangalore
0: in general I'm so excited for this one she's my most played legend of the season like I I put it off for too long I did and I'm getting the I'm getting the value out of her because of this passive and that I've matured enough as a player to see through smoke
1: I love that. I love that. If you've been with us since the very beginning, Shea would curse up a storm and say Bangalore was the worst legend in the entire game. I so was, we've come around one eighty.
0: I was inept. I will say I had to play Bloodhound when playing with a Bangalore because the smokes would go down and I just it became two on three for the other team. Like I just I didn't even know what I was doing. I was lost in the sauce. And now he's the
1: Bangalore main. I love it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like you said, a lot of the strength of Bangalore is hidden in this passive. The smoke is what you think about. The smoke is maybe what you hate. Maybe it's what you love. But the passive is something that you will learn to love instantly if you pick up Bangalore. Mm -hmm. Now, the breakdown is while taking fire, sprinting is faster for a brief time. And the key here is the passive is activated when taking fire not necessarily taking damage. Mm -hmm. So unlike Gibraltar's Gun Shield, where you have to prepare, you have to aim down sights, and Mm -hmm. then you have to have enemies hit you in order to feel the benefits, Bangalore's passive allows you to avoid taking damage in the first place by just running at sporadic Mm -hmm. speeds so they can't hit you. Now, what's that actual speed mean? Mm -hmm. Essentially, you get a 30% boost to your run speed for two seconds. Now, the activation occurs upon being hit or when bullets or grenades barely miss you. Now, this passive happens automatically. There's not anything you can do to trigger this extra sprint speed, but there is a four-second cooldown, so mm-hmm. you can't be double-timing it all the time. I but wish. <laughs> Having four seconds in between the possibility of having a double-time means that in a fight, you can really be Maximizing the speed Mm -hmm. while being out in the danger zone and kind of creating chaos. Now, that being said, this is a very flexible passive ability, Mm -hmm. offensive and for repositioning. You can close the ground between you and the enemy while avoiding damage with a speed boost or running away to safety. Mm -hmm. Now, how does this passive ability? Compare to other fast legends. Octane, obvious comparison here. Octane's Tactical gives you a 40% boosted sprint speed for a six second duration at the cost of 20 health. Bloodhound's Ultimate, another comparison for Mm -hmm. the speed, is a 30% boost to movement speed for 30 plus seconds with 180 second cooldown. It's a long wait. Long wait. (laughs) Bangalore achieves so much of this mobility from just her passive, which is not only free, but mm-hmm. activates only when you need it, which to some may feel like a handicap that you don't have control over your ability, but you're not wasting a stim. You're not hurting yeah. yourself or even being tempted to use Bloodhound's expensive ultimate before the proper timing. Double time is gives you a boost only when you need it and it works to a high level of efficiency.
0: It's a very passive passive. We talked Mm -hmm. about Gibraltar and we talked about Valkyrie who needs to be activated to use her passive. She fits into this mold of, hey, this is what a truly a passive is in the sense of the word. And it's really easy and exciting to use because it's not only is it going to give you maybe those getaways, it's but those in-fight strafing speed boosts you get, yeah. that can be huge to winning those one-on-ones. And when we talk about, like you were kind of mentioning, it's a gun game. How do we use abilities to amplify the gun game? Well, not having to do anything, but all of a sudden being faster in 1v1s, that's huge all by itself.
1: It's big. It's really a powerful passive ability. It's one of the best in the game. And mm-hmm. when you're comparing it to, to Octane or Bloodhound and Packing into their tactical or ultimate, man, you're not highlighted in green Mm -hmm. or red. You're not hurting yourself. You're going into a fight completely under the radar at no cost, having more mobility that is not disruptive to yourself, Mm -hmm. to teammates. You're not having to time a grapple or anything. You can focus on your weapons just as Bangler wants you to do and Mm -hmm. just put in work while having this free huge mobility boost that gives you the same amount of speed as bloodhound does for two seconds that's really good
0: Uh, like i said with valk when you start comparing passives to tacticals and ultimates like that's powerful you know in of itself that's when you know you got a good passive on your hands to say the least that's right last one of the day though we got seer seer's awesome and i hate how much hate seer gets right now but Recon is just an ability that you and I both truly value in Apex Legends, and that's why Seer is making this list. Because like Valk, to get a powerful ability packed into a passive is going to lead to huge strength. And while the passive has been hit with nerfs since release, taking it away from, I think, the peak of what it once was, which was just very, very awesome, it's without a doubt still a very impactful ability. So we're talking about Heart Seeker. So you hear and visualize the heartbeats of enemies within 75 meters when ADSing. So when you aim down sights, you get the blue circle around your crosshairs, and then that spikes and turns orange to indicate which direction an enemy's in. And then if that entire reticle turns orange when aiming directly at an enemy's location, bingo, you've found somebody essentially through walls, anything. So the ability to truly know I think that's, this is the most important thing to know. If you have enemies within 75 meters of you, I think that's very powerful. You know, we thought you saw, Hey, someone is checking out a certain area. Okay. Well, Seer can come in and confirm that no problem. Are they camping the building? Hey, we know that now because of seer, you can try to take advantage of this as much as possible. And I think you're going to get a lot out of it ads as much as possible this year kind of like how we were talking about with gibraltar you're just going to get the most out of it if you can ads maybe don't have to push for it as much in fight as you do with gibraltar but also just a heads up the passive does work without your weapon it's not the as easily as it was before the nerf where you could just hold the tactical and just move around full speed but you still can not have to actually carrying your weapon to ads and still find where people are and yeah i think sorry i'm i'm all over the place it just blows my mind every time we start talking about serious ability that like you're within 75 meters you're gonna know if you have people and that's just so powerful like that's in a passive it's crazy like we've been doing the whole episode Mm -hmm. compare this to crypto
1: so probably the biggest strength of crypto is his ability to throw out the drone, look at mm-hmm. a banner and know for a fact, how many enemies are within 200 meters of himself. Great, huge strength. I would say probably more valuable than the EMP itself. You compare that to Seer's passive that mm-hmm. doesn't force you to stop, doesn't force you to take out the tactical, doesn't force you to leave your team. All you have to do is tap your aiming button, tap a trigger, yep. and you know for a fact, if enemies are in the immediate vicinity. That's huge. And you know, I think that passive recon puts him in one of the best passes in the game, just as it is. But the other thing that I think is just incredibly powerful about this ability is the fact that most of the time, if you're not rotating or looting, you're gonna be undercover, out of fight, dodging. Bullets, between obstacles. (laughs) And Seer allows you to peek only when absolutely necessary. You can be behind cover and be aiming at somebody through a box and know, are they peeking? Are they pushing me? Mm -hmm. Because you can track their every motion without exposing yourself. That's a huge gunfight advantage that I think belongs in the same category as Gibraltar's Gun Shield. It's a gunplay passive, which is really strong
0: it's the closest thing we've ever had in the game to wall hacks and in of itself, that's going to be truly powerful and that's in the passive and that's kind of crazy in of itself. I also think you can't sleep on the fact that even at longer ranges above that 75 meter, you still get use out of this and Mm -hmm. you have this, it's not unlimited range anymore. That was a nerf from what it used to be, but still in the certain range plus 75 to there hasn't actually ever been anything confirmed yet. If you have a clear line of sight on someone, nothing in between the two of you you're going to get a blue tick that appears and that's going to let you know hey someone's coming in that area or hey that's great for me being able to know i'm going to rotate a different direction i'm going to hold high ground because people are approaching because let's be honest if you're holding that one times on the r301 you're not going to be able to see people incredibly far away with much ease and this passive lets you do that it lets you scout and lets you recon for the entire team and then the last bit of information that kind of leads into some of that gunplay fight you were talking about is Sears' passive is not just this visual, it is very much an audio element as well. As enemies get closer to you, the heartbeat's gonna get louder. And as they're weaker, the heartbeat's gonna get faster. So you're gonna be able to, if you use this ability enough, identify hey, I got someone close to me and their heartbeat's going fast. They're weak. This is worth me pushing right around the corner, maybe slightly blind per se but you know that you're going to have a clear advantage over this player because of this passive. And to be able to go into a gunfight incredibly confident, that's very powerful. It's very centralized recon, I would say, in terms of how you actually get it. So relaying to teammates is important, but you're going to have to do it vocally for the most part to let them know, hey, we got enemies within 75 meters. And so I think that's part of the weakness with his kit when we kind of compare it to Crypto, like you were mentioning. Very easy to let teammates know if people are in the area. But... You can find out where enemies are without using any other tactical or ultimate ability. And that is crazy. And that's why Seer is on this list today.
1: <laughs> yeah. And like you said at the beginning, it's a heartbreaker that Heartseeker doesn't get enough attention. You know, this is a ton of power, both for recon, both for gunplay, both for team communication. That is all within this passive that is completely overlooked. And I know that to this day, the seer mains are still laughing all the way to the bank, enjoying (laughs) the power in this passive. All this being said, though, seer needs attention. There is a huge need for something to be done on the balancing side, but even that outstanding, still a very strong passive and one that should encourage you to give seer a chance and I think his passive
0: to, wasn't the part of his kit that took the biggest nerve. No, that's yeah, no, that's that's where at we're at with him for sure.
1: <laughs> and you know, to just kind of send it home to the conclusion for this mm-hmm. whole discussion on passives, passives are very impactful. All five of these can completely dictate the result of a fight and therefore an entire game. And so, understanding their strength might encourage you to try out these legends, play them more. And maybe take a listen to our Mastering the Legends episode on them. Um, no, it's a subtle really, plug. I love it. <laughs> it's a subtle plug, but you know, it comes back to the fact that passives are what you use the most, and for these five, they're actually there, and mm-hmm. you have application throughout the entire game to get a lot of value from them, to win a lot of fights using them, and. That really defines an entire legend, and to be able to do that, so good reason to pick them.
0: Yeah. I love passes because they are the closest thing to always having something to rely on in this game. In a gun game, your passive is going to be the closest thing you have to not playing a gun game, essentially, which take any advantage you can get, and these legends do offer really specific advantages that I think all of them we can recommend playing right now, to say the least. Let's wrap it up though now. Answer some five star questions. The first question today is coming from Kaz62. Really enjoy the podcast. I actually have two questions. Could you do an episode breaking down what type of weapon loadouts work best for each map and game mode? Example Stormpoint ranked. Are snipers working well? Why? Maybe break down the best snipers, the damage, the fire, fire, bullet rate, bullet velocity. He wants all the details, Henry. You think we're going to head in that, that way?
1: <laughs> well, thanks uh, for reaching out, Kaz. Appreciate the the five-star review. Um, we're working on all this stuff. We're working on a map guide that will be focusing more on the legends. And then, based off a couple positive comments, we are going to be taking a look at all the snipers. So, look forward to that.
0: Probably coming in mid-December. That's the, that's the plan right now. So, stay tuned, Kaz.
1: Next question coming from Squatch. Hey guys, big fan of the show and love to listen to it while I'm driving to add a lot to my gameplay. My question is if you can combine the abilities of any two legends, giving them two tacticals, two ultimates and two passives, who would it be and why? Mine would be Bloodhound and Octane. Thanks so much. I'm a huge fan of the show and will continue to keep listening.
0: Uh, I'll take Falcon Gibby and one legend. Yeah. Th- those oh are my, my two favorite like Utility legends, you would be so useful to the team. Yeah, it, it might I be mean, bad in that it's all centralized into one person, and uh, if you go down, your team just loses so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I think that would be probably the best. It would be hard to come up with a better idea than that. If you think about both ultimates, both tacticals, both mm-hmm. passives, I think all three of them really stack <laughs> up. The other one that I just have a hard time not wanting all the time is Loba's <laughs> ultimate. You know, oh yeah. If, if That's I could a good come one. up with a way to squeeze that in and just take the ultimate, I'd, I'd like that. So
0: take, take like a mobility legend, like Octane and combine it with Loba. And then all of a sudden yeah. you got, you got a great setup right there. That was a fun question. I like that. Uh, next question coming from CT 27. Hey guys, what's up? I'm a caustic man. I just got my first two K, which is awesome. Just wondering if you've ever done an undated caustic mastering the legends. Okay, great question. We were actually kind of just discussing this on the behind the scenes, funny yeah. enough.
1: I, so we got some plans.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now
1: that we've done all the Mastering the Legends, you can go back and listen to them. There are some Legends that over the passage of time have changed pretty drastically. So we're working on Remastering and Mastering mm-hmm. the Legends 2.0. Caustic is definitely on the list. not going to say no, but there are other Legends that have had more substantial reworks.
0: Yeah, I would say it was our first episode, Caustic Mastering. I don't think it's the most irrelevant one, though. I think the power of his kit has shifted in terms of like total use, but I still think the way in which you use Caustic is very similar to how we talked about him when we released our Mastering the Legend on him.
1: Yeah, agreed. Last question from the day, coming from MDM. You guys are awesome and have helped me a lot in growing my Apex Legends skills. I've played since the release of the game and so far have 1.9K games in. I have roughly 700 total lifetime kills and 300 of those kills were Season 10 with Revenant Mm -hmm. when I decided to take things seriously. I fell in love with the game and you guys make my addiction crazier, but I never took things seriously until Season 10. Question. What's the best strategy to get the 4K badge with Rev? It's so frustrating, but I need it.
0: Man, with Rev. What a question. What a question. Here's what I will say. Like, I don't think Henry and I are going to come out here and try to say, hey, we're the 4K bomb experts. We'll see if maybe have a we can. I 4K on Rev yeah maybe we'll see if we can give that title to no coco after today's stream uh, where he's going for a 4k on each legend all in one stream so maybe you could go check out that vod if he does great with rev i will just say i don't think your strategy will change so much legend to legend when you're going for that 4k you just gotta shoot you gotta shoot as many bullets as possible as many people as possible and move from point a to point b as fast as possible and Using the totem, using the silence and stuff isn't going to be the number one priority. It's just going to be putting out damage as fast as possible.
1: Yeah, the 4K is very, very challenging. Essentially, it is gunplay, like Shay said, and taking fights, landing yeah. contested on purpose, going for the hot drops. If you can get 2,000 damage early on before half the teams are all gone, mm-hmm. You're having a good start. It's worth pushing to get the 4K. Typically, you can farm about 1,000 damage off the last two teams. Yeah. So if you're keeping that in mind and kind of doing that poke damage, using an LMG perhaps, and really fragging out early game,
0: I'm sure you can get it agreed agreed that's gonna wrap up the show today thank you to our producer of the third party 10 who supports us over on patreon subscribe on apple podcast, or follow on spotify follow us on instagram and twitter at third party pod and check out the discord via the link in the description thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast we'll catch you next time peace hey now another squad coming in boom whole squad down Well I not today, maybe tomorrow.